Hello, this is just a short message to say that for this episode, we intended to do it as a normal episode where we review one whole album in one long episode, as we have with all the others, but we just had way too much to say about these songs. So instead, we decided to release what we'd recorded in three installments. So they'll be coming out over the next three weeks. This is the first one. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to this new episode of Generation BTS, the podcast where we review BTS albums. So I'm Christine, I'm 29, and I've been ARMY for about a year and a half. And I'm here with my two lovely co-hosts, the first one being... Hi, I'm Leanne. I'm 33, and I've been ARMY for about 10 months now. Hi, I'm Natasha. I'm 19, and I've been ARMY for just over six years. And today we are talking about Love Yourself Tear. Very exciting. I'm Mm. very excited. It's a dark, angsty album, but we're excited about it. We are really excited. Yes. First off, I think we're going to go over some housekeeping. Now, it's going to be a bit different because we literally just a week ago recorded our episode about our trip to Korea. So we've done the most recent stuff in that episode and that episode's already out. So if you've not listened if you don't care about our trip to Korea, <laughs> you can still <laughs> listen to the first 10 minutes if you want to hear about the new releases. We talk about the astronaut and the enlistment announcement in that episode. I think instead we can talk about a couple of things that we missed while we were planning for our trip to Korea because we didn't record for a while. Mm-hmm. So we didn't get to talk about Sexy New Kim, Woo-hoo! which is our um, song collab. with the uh, bombing tiger. So yeah, how do we find that? Did you like it, Leanna's our resident mm. RM? Yeah, I really liked it. I thought it was really sensual. It was, um, yeah. I thought it was a nice, like, different twist uh-huh. on it. I wasn't super happy with how well it did because it didn't do super well. No, I didn't. But I do think it is a bit niche Oh, yeah, yeah. But I liked that he'd gone with a really, like, upcoming indie mm-hmm. band and artist. And the music video is quite trippy. It's all a bit weird. I remember I watched it at work with my friend and we were both like, that was super weird. Aram <laughs> looks hot in it. He does look really hot. And he comes in on his bicycle. Legend. Yeah. Um, and then he did that amazing performance at the Breast Cancer Awareness yeah, event. Yeah, the he's in the, yeah. yeah, he's in the black roll mm-hmm. neck and he does a little bit of choreo. That was tough, yeah. Yeah, I've watched that on repeat. What yeah. do you think, Tash? Love it? Hate it? Probably hates it. Didn't really like it, but I liked the performance at the breast cancer thing just because it's like it looks sexy I want really in it for song I'm in it for look he looked great he delivered on that he did yeah I liked it too it sort of grew on me the song now I enjoy it yeah no um the uh, bombing tiger Mm -hmm. they're like a collective of artists Mm. that work together I think there's maybe like I don't know how many but there's a few of them there's not just the two guys that were up Mm. on the track with him there's like writers producers rappers and they like collaborate I think they're all on that track with RM but they sometimes it's just like two or three of them sometimes it's all of them sometimes it's like whatever so I heard someone say that it might be like a a way for BTS to function maybe in the future that they can sort of be more Uh of a a collective collective of artists rather than a group that must always share music all or nothing like all seven or or solo basically 
Ooh, so yeah, that was interesting. And then the other track we've not talked about is Rush Hour with J-Hope and Crush, mm. which is a banger. Very catchy. More mainstream. Definitely. Did perform better. Mm-hmm. But Crush is a bigger name, like in his own right as well. Do you like that one, Tash? More rap like it. Bring it in. No, absolutely not. Um, no, I did like that mainly because I do like Crush as an artist. I listen to quite a furious stuff. And I guess J-Hope added to it very well. Enhanced the overall Great, product okay. and performance. <laughs> he was also because there. Because he's a legend. Yeah, J-Hope was there as well. J-Hope was there, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have seen on Instagram, they've done all these like comparisons of the dance with mm. like the old dance moves that they do and like mic drop and stuff. So that was cool. Um, I said it had, um, what's their names? Sonic, the uh, people with Bruno The Hedgehog. Oh, Silk Sonic. <laughs> it had Silk Sonic vibes. I said it had very <laughs> Silk Sonic vibes. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And I liked that. Uh, yeah, the only other things I'd written down, actually, was that we had had two photo books since we last mm. talked. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we've got Jimin's. He's like a master of chaos oh. concepts, which is, you know, something. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and then it's the, the lovely, nice... OT7 one where they're doing like a sports day or something Aww. that one's nice there's a really cute clip of the OT7 book where Sugar says to Jimin you look really handsome oh, yeah. and then Jimin goes you're handsome too yeah. and Sugar has like the little cutest smile Aww. Jimin has the cutest smile and you're just like they're so I, handsome together I watched that plenty of times <laughs> on loop yeah all right should we um jump in jump in so love yourself tear do we want to say anything at the start about what we think about it? Because I've got quite a, a an intro to start off with. Do you like the album? Yes, I do enjoy the album a lot. Yeah, me too. This may be... I haven't officially ranked albums yet, but I think this might be one of the faves. Yeah, I loved it. It's the sort of BTS that I know, love. I think it's got a lot of range, actually. As I've been listening to it more, I'm like, yeah, but is it sonically cohesive? I think the only criticism is that it's not very sonically cohesive because there's lots of varied styles. Yeah, but I don't... It jumps around. Personally, I don't mind that. Like, I think that keeps your interest in an album better than, uh, like, a straight-up R&B album with, like... Yeah, I think some of the flow is a bit off Mm. end-to-end. But I don't know. That might just be because I've spent more time with it and now I'm being more critical. Mm. It is full of bangers. Yeah. So let's cast our minds back, guys to our very first episode love yourself her when was that it was it came out in may i think as we know from that episode the love yourself era is structured around this chinese idiom ah yes yeah that's pronounced gi sung yon jo and translates to introduction development turning point and conclusion and this album that we're reviewing now Love Yourself Tear is the one about the turning point or the, <gasps> the conflict. So yeah, keep that in mind. The reason we know this, if you've not listened to Love Yourself Her, is the Chinese characters that you see between the Love Yourself and Tear. There's a character and that character means turning point. This sort of relates to this central relationship story that's told through the Love Yourself era. So the relationship starts... We get the Euphoria Wonder short film Mm -hmm. between when her and Tear come out. And that short film has the intro character. And then we have the uh, her album as the development, Mm -hmm. Tear album as the turning point, and then answer as the conclusion. 
and the the sort of charging of the relationship is that the relationship starts, then it develops, then you have a conflict, and the resolution is the realization that in order to achieve real quote unquote love, we must first truly love ourselves. Another thing that was interesting was I went back to the end of Love Yourself Her and sort of looked at the outro because obviously the outro is meant to lead us into the next mm-hmm. album. I remember saying when we talked about her that after the sort of very happy, optimistic love songs of Love Yourself Her, that's the first sort of hint that we get at sort of cracking the foundation of the relationship. Like in that song, they're still like, oh yeah, I love you and it's all happy. and But they're like, oh, actually I'm hiding myself and this is the stuff that I'm doing to make myself a good partner and all that sort of stuff. So by the end, you, you sort of realize that actually maybe things aren't as they should be and there's also the hidden tracks of love yourself her so the skit the expectation and fear and see which we talked about in the episode but they clearly sort of relate this to the idol experience and reveal that there are darker sides to this moment of incredible success that they were having during the release of this album including elements of the boys having to hide parts of themselves so in the skit they talk about their win at the billboard awards and how they've worked so hard to go higher and higher and higher and being afraid of how quickly they'll fall down. And at the very end, they talk about what it means to be an idol and the difficulties of living as one in terms of what they get to show, etc. So Jimin says, yeah, I mean, we want to show our good image too. And Shuka says, yeah, this is difficult. I mean, it isn't fake for sure. But if you think about it, we're just people who are presented after having been wrapped up nicely. And Jimin says, yes, but at the same time, it's not like we're trying to deceive anyone and lie. We're just always trying to show people our good side. And then this ends. So you sort of get that intro into the putting on a different personality in front of someone that you love, i.e. your fans. And I thought that was a really good journey into this album. And then you obviously get C as well, which puts this back into the perspective of the relationship, I think, but also into the sort of wider canon of BTS music. As we know, the sort of Desert and C reference is one they pick up all the time. Mm-hmm. And instinctively, I think I thought at least when we sort of started hearing it, that the desert is sort of one extreme and sea is another. Mm-hmm. But in that song, they sort of put the the two side by side. So Arm has a line that goes, is what I know really the ocean or a blue desert? And Sugar likens the trainee life to the desert. And then he says, the scary desert became the ocean with our blood, sweat and tears. But why is there fear in between the happiness? Because we know this place is really a desert. So both are sort of iterations of the same thing. This sort of vast open lonely space where you can't sort of quench your thirst in the chorus they go on and on about how where there's hope there's always hardship so they're sort of reflecting on themselves as trainees thinking as soon as we debuted or when we sort of reach this level of success everything will be fine but now they're sort of more successful than they could have ever dreamt of there's still hardship i read one analysis online that suggested that the decision to have hidden tracks on her aside from being sort of a marketing trick to sell more albums could also be interpreted as like a symbolic gesture so they said that the digital album sort of functions as the sort of bright and optimistic surface but the hidden meaning exists in the hidden track Mm -hmm. so the darkness sort of hinted at in after her exists under the surface and I thought that was interesting because the first song that we're going to talk about here is about like the frozen lake and then the crack in the surface and all that sort of stuff so that sort of gives way to that interpretation i think and then love yourself Air is a very happy album right yeah exactly. until you get to the end yeah you get the the sort of hidden depth of the album i suppose 
And I think I thought it was an interesting perspective as well, following on from our talks about the Wings era and how that was about the light and the dark in the world. And then obviously this next era is exploring the light and dark aspects of love and of, of the romantic relationship. And I think throughout the album, you can sort of draw parallels between this model of relationship that they're sort of charting and the idol experience. So you have this sort of, I met someone, I thought I'd be happy with them, but I didn't show them my real self. So then the love becomes the fake love. That sort of is parallel with, oh, I thought I'd debut and I'll live happily with my fans. But actually now I'm experiencing this hardship because I have to conceal my real self from my fans who I love. And I wonder if they'd love the real me. So mm. the love from my fans so- somehow might feel fake because they don't actually know the real me. Mm. Um, it's all sort of leading towards Map of the Soul, right? Yeah. In this era, mm-hmm. they're exploring that concept of the persona and what that means for them. Yeah. Well, yeah. I said it was like a, a wider theme, whereas Map of the Soul is more, it more sort of hones down on one issue. Mm. Whereas I think this one is trying to do something quite ambitious, which is explore this whole like romantic relationship, idol experience genre sort of through these prisms of these three albums um but yeah definitely do you think it's about loving yourself Tia uh, Tia is about realizing that you've put on a mask yeah or like a I guess maybe also the the effects that come of that mm-hmm. I don't remember if I talked about it in Map of the Soul but there's this concept known as the persona trap which I think comes up here and there it's like when you put on a persona and you live in that persona so much that you sort of can't come back to your real self mm. it sort of takes over you lose that authenticity yeah and I remember in the sort of Jungian theory podcast that I listened to they were like and if you end up in that trap that yeah, you can have really bad consequences out of that mm. and I think that's what they're getting at here is sort of the problems that you might experience if you live in this persona all the time instead of sort of being able to reveal and love your true self i think it came up a lot in the break the silence film that we watched Mm -hmm. i remember them all talking about like oh well rm is different from kim namjoon because of this and this and this but actually i've been trying to bring them closer together i remember you definitely said something like like when i debuted i thought i'd need to like keep my idol persona very separate and that they couldn't be the same but then he said like oh actually now more recently I've figured out that that's not really true and sort of been trying to keep bringing the two closer together obviously you would always like Jim and said in the skit try and present yourself from a good light mm-hmm. I'm not trying to say that they're sort of being ingenuine but obviously you are trying to come off as your best self right yeah and there's there's the machine at work as well right yeah like exactly there's the stylists and the production and the concert and the management and yeah and the stuff they're allowed to say all the, the stuff, stuff that they're, they're allowed to say and allowed the to distance say. and the security mm-hmm. like and then the difficulties with being not the idol right if you're the idol 95 percent of the time you've only got five percent of your time to be yeah exactly kim nam june so then yeah when you've got that five percent what do you do and mm-hmm. how do you cope when you don't have the machine yeah driving you and supporting you and that sort of stuff so i can see the yeah complexity and, around it yeah and I think RM said in his interview with Pharrell I didn't wasn't sure who Kim Namjoon was in mm. the end and all that sort of stuff so it's clearly something that he's been thinking about mm. um, and the difference between loving the music and wanting to produce music and then being a global idol yeah exactly it's more about the star that's RM than the art that's produced by 
imagine. I thought it was interesting. It's more about the star that's BTS, not necessarily Aaron within that. Yeah. He was talking about how K-pop needed to be all of these like facets. Mm. Like you had to have the media and the TV shows and all that sort of stuff. I thought it was interesting that, yeah, exactly, the the dancing. But it was interesting that he talked about himself as a rapper and a poet. A poet, yeah. Yeah. And I wonder if like some of the stuff that you have to do as an idol may not like align with you thinking of yourself as a poet maybe or an artist yeah the yeah. things that you have to sacrifice in order to share your art mm-hmm. so you could be a really really good poet yeah and no one ever read <laughs> anything you write there's yeah, lots yeah, and exactly. lots of brilliant art out there that's just not appreciated and doesn't have the reach and I think whereas there's a... you've got the reach now yeah but it comes with these expectations these expectations and the extras it yeah. comes with the sacrifices you have to make to continue to have the reach mm-hmm. I think obviously because of they because they have this sort of very genuine relationship with their fans and they're so loved and sort of obviously not being able to share their quote unquote true selves with mm. us might also be you might think like, Oh, my fans keep telling me that they love me, but they don't know me. Like they mm. don't know me. Is it me? Is it me? Is it my looks? Is it my art? Is it whatever? Like And it comes down to the worries at the minute, right? After the Busan concert though, mm-hmm. will they stay? Yeah. Will we wait? Exactly. So. I think what you said about the reach it definitely there's a really early interview that Ara Machuka does with some of the like rap scene people mm-hmm. and Sugar says something in that interview where he says like we just needed a bridge because I was doing my thing on the underground scene in Daegu and so were all of my friends and I thought there were all of these like amazing artists and people just needed to hear them but mm-hmm. like no one's going to hear me here so that's how he justified the whole I'm going to move, move to Seoul actually I'm going to join an idol company I'm going to train, I'm going to dance, because that way I can get my message out there. Mm. And then those choices that you make pull you further away from that. I think that, you know, From there's... that early version of yourself, right? Yeah. Do you think it's hard being an idol in general across the whole of K-pop, or do you think the boys have got it harder by this stage, by 2018? Mm, I don't know, because I guess what they're feeling mentally is different. Yeah. It's yeah you can just look at it from both ways I guess you can't really downplay someone else's feelings just because you think your problems are bigger than theirs agreed and I think obviously like people will take to things differently as well like Mm. I'm sure some some of them might have struggled with this more than others Mm. the difference I think for at least traditionally other k-pop bands is that this is their own message right this is Mm. what they wanted to say and also that they're sort of being thrust into this position kind of like Again, Aram said in the interview with Pharrell, like where they're expected to talk at the UN and like meet with the president and do all of this stuff that's sort of comes with, beyond. Yeah, and it, it comes with this big love yourself message that they're trying to send, right? And you're doing this big love yourself campaign with UNICEF because you came up with this brilliant concept of love yourself and this story that you wanted to tell. But then all of a sudden you're expected to have this opinion on all sorts of like be like world leader Kim Namjoon and mm. sort of. <laughs> well, they're lucky they've got him. So yeah, I think it comes with an added level of pressure because you're expected to be this sort of larger than life, mm. more than K-pop, sort of a leader of a generation type of thing. Yeah, and by 2018, right, you have got that global reach. Mm-hmm. They're a representation of Korean culture, right? Yeah. You're starting to get the exports coming in. They're one of the biggest mm-hmm. exports coming out of there. They're representing for a whole our whole country but whole also country I think you sort, of, sort of transcended the fundamental idea of k-pop which was like fun dance moves and outfits and mm. performers not artists right so you've sort of reshaped a whole industry but like also become something separate because I think there's quite a lot of people who are bts fans but not k-pop fans mm. and it's a gateway isn't it 
yeah it's a gateway but at the same time i think probably there's quite a lot of people who sort of just stick who don't necessarily have a lot of interest in the wider or like at least the traditional facets of k-pop obviously we know that there's more bands now that sort of write and produce their own mm. stuff but maybe not that come with these sort of grandiose messages so yeah i think we shall get into continue. the album get, get into the album yes so i have my normal little stats so love yourself here came out on the 18th of may 2018 the Big Hit website blurb states that BTS released their third studio album. So this Ooh. is a studio album, not an EP. Fake love inevitably leads to loss and separation because true love can only begin when you learn to love yourself. The Her album expressed heart-fluttering and tingling moments of love, whereas Tear embodies the pain of voice faced with parting. Ooh. Yeah. Love Yourself Tear debuted at number one on the US Billboard 200 chart. It was the highest charting album by an Asian act ever and the first Korean album to top the US album charts. It was also obviously number one in Korea and Japan and it peaked at number eight in the UK. Oh, wow. And number two in Norway. No, yeah. it did not. It did. <laughs> Bring it home, Norwegian army. Bring it yeah. home. Props to Norway. And it also won album of the year at the Melon, Mnet, Soul, and Gay on Chart Music Awards. And it was nominated for the 2019 Scammies for Best Reporting Package. They Aww. did not win. They did not win. They did not win because they've not won a Grammy, famously. I also watched RMSV Live. He said it was meant to be 12 songs, but the, the 12th track was cut Ooh. because it was collaboration with, he called them one of his favorite artists. He didn't say who it was, but then he said that the artist in question didn't want the track published because of quote-unquote reasons Ooh. and do we know was, if we've had it since we have not it oh. seems and he said it was his favorite song on the album so he was sad about it so <laughs> not to start off on a uh a down note but that's what he said i'll uh come back to the rest of what he said as we go through the songs So let's start off with intro singularity, kind of like what we did with serendipity. We'll not talk loads about it today because we'll cover it in the overall Love Yourself solos episode, which will be the next time we spin in Love Yourself. That's what we'll do. But um, we'll talk about the lyrics because they're important to the context of the album. Singularity was written by Charlie J. Perry and RM, and it was produced by Charlie J. Perry. It's the first and only intro to a BTS album, and it's got a very like jazzy soul vibe that fits with his voice. Mm -hmm. So the first lyric is a sound of something breaking. I awake from sleep, a sound full of unfamiliarity. Try to cover my ears, but I can't go back to sleep. The pain in my throat gets worse. I try to cover it. I don't have a voice. So something sort of trying to break through from within him. And then the uh, chorus comes. It's ringing again, a crack on this frozen lake. I dumped myself into the lake. I buried my voice for you. So I think it gets sort of more and more obvious as the song goes on that he's talking about his inner voice or his true self trying to break through from this internal frozen lake that he set up to sort of hide his real self. And I wonder when he says you, whether he's talking about this, her character or oh, the fans or himself the idol persona mm. that he's created yeah 
in in traditional BTS sense, it could be all free. <laughs> and um, the soul, I bet it's about the soul. It, I actually had written soul, and then I corrected myself as I read it out. <laughs> and and yeah. you knew that you'd be getting stick. I have to hide my true self, guys. <laughs> pretend I don't care about the soul. Um, <laughs> so in the next verse, he's talking about being thrown away on the winter lake a thick ice has formed in the dream i shortly went into my agonizing phantom pain is still the same he sort of still feels the pain of his phantom personality mm. I, I think it might be trying to refer to like a phantom limb type of situation yeah. have i lost myself or have i gained you i suddenly run to the lake there's my face in it and he's seeing himself his hidden self locked within this frozen lake so the breaking sound was the sort of the hidden self trying to break free some have also likened this to the story of narcissus Mm -hmm. so narcissus was the most beautiful man in ancient greece and he couldn't find anyone beautiful enough to be with until he saw his own reflection in a lake he tried to kiss the reflection but then the water rippled so it sort of ruined the reflection so he remained just looking at it until he eventually died of thirst from being too scared of you ruining his own reflection well it's something that v could feel exactly That's well the most exactly exactly I, I literally wrote that i think rather than it being about him being narcissistic it's probably meant as a comment of the sort of importance of visuals in k-pop i think mm-hmm. and i wrote v obviously can relate to being the most beautiful man in the world <laughs> And the role that has meant him playing within the band. So it's hard for him to sort of display his real personality because he's being asked to play this sort of visual part. Mm-hmm. And also I, the risk around you thinking that that's the only thing you can contribute, like your talents as an artist aren't significant, but your looks are. Mm. And I guess it sort of links to the fake love and the idol experience I've written as well. If the fans only love you for your beauty, then do they truly love you? And then he says, please don't say anything. Reach out my hand to cover the mouth. But in the end, spring will come someday. The ice will melt and flow away. So obviously there's a reference to spring day here, but Mm -hmm. it's not as optimistic, I don't think. He's sort of trying to keep his real self locked up. He's scared of it, but he's admitting that it's inevitable that the ice on the lake will melt. And then he says, tell me if my voice isn't real. If I shouldn't have thrown myself away, tell me if my pain isn't real. What was I supposed to do back then? So I think he's sort of trying to say, tell me if I'm not right to feel this way. Like, Mm. should I not have acted like I acted and what else could I have done? Which I think is quite relatable. I often think like that. Mm. When I sort of doubt myself, I'm like, well, I I wouldn't have done it any differently. I think Um, trusting oneself is a really difficult thing. Like trusting previous choices that you've made and in particular trusting future choices that you're going to make, right? Mm -hmm. So this concept of winter turning to spring. Yeah, he is sort of feels like he's locked away this part of himself and mm. thrown away the key right but then he's admitting that spring has come I did lakes cracking and I have this sort of voice inside me that's like bursting through mm. I'm doubting whether hiding it in the first place was the right choice because now I'm suffering as a result but then back then I felt like that was the only way I could move forward mm. So I wrote that he set the tone for the album about hiding your true self from that which you love and sort of the damage that can come from that. I think it links to the universe story quite obviously as well, because there's a storyline that Jen has. They sort of all have it to an extent when they meet the the girls from the highlight reel. But Jen finds this girl's diary Mm. and then he reads it and then he tries to sort of change himself to be what she puts in the diary that she wants. And I thought obviously this is, me speculating but RM said that Tay's the only one that could have sung this song 
And I think that has a lot to do with the sort of the style and the rhythm going with his sort of low register. But I think from having watched a lot of his old stuff, there's a sense that he sort of early on, at least often was seen as like the weird one, Mm. the like spaced out goofy one that always sort of said the wrong thing. And there's a concept in K-pop that I've learned of that's called a 4D personality, which is like a Korean slang term for someone who's like weird and eccentric. But apparently since he's sort of asked for people not to use it and recognize that he's grown up and grown out of certain, mm, certain he things. About, he talks about wanting to mature or maturing a lot, doesn't he? Yeah, I think it was definitely very obvious to me, at least when I watched American Hustle Life and when he was mm. interacting with Coolio. And I felt like he was really bullied. And I don't want to speak ill of uh, rest in peace, Coolio, because he's recently passed away, unfortunately. Coolio's dead? Yeah. Jeez. That in- whole interaction between the two of them was quite uncomfortable to watch, I thought. Mm. I think Coolio asked him something like, oh, like, what's hip-hop for you? And he was like a 17-year-old kid from Korea. Like, there's, Who wasn't into hip-hop. No, exactly. <laughs> and he said something about like, oh, like I associate it with partying maybe not that eloquently but he said something about partying and then he took it as this like huge insult that made him do push-ups and all that sort of stuff and there's a scene where Joker goes to RM like oh please can you like try and make him stop and RM doesn't say anything because he's just like startled and Ooh. yeah but yeah Dude. I wondered if it's also particularly a good song for Tay because he sort of probably has gone through this personality editing hmm. process do you get stigma vibes um like it's like a slower sexier version of stigma mm. no i think i get it through the lyrics oh really i think if stigma comes beforehand and that fear of being judged and put into a box and mm-hmm. stigma felt I, like it was about sort of a certain event I event think. yeah like something he was hiding yeah and therefore from that because you decided to hide something the ice forms yeah what as the ice melts you come out your more authentic self yeah it's interesting though because he wrote stigma himself <laughs> and i wrote this so <laughs> with me in mind yeah with me in mind yeah and Aram knows what stigma's about well he said I think he said in his v-live that he didn't really know what it was about in this v-live he talked about it being neo soul and that it was written by the composer for Georgia Smith and he said he wrote the lyrics in like three hours and the lyrics were perfect and he liked it a little clap for himself when he said it <laughs> and then oh, he yes. said that Tay saved the song by singing it well but Tay yeah. does a brilliant job on the vocal oh he does it's one of my favorite Tay's and I was like the lyrics aside, it's really sexy. I'm not sure what with the lyrics. Well, and it the is. performance is quite sexy. Oh, the performance is super sexy. Like, he's on a bed. On yeah, <laughs> he's literally on a bed. But yeah, we're not going to talk about the performance that much today. I meant the MV. In the MV, he's just touching himself, which yeah. is also also sexy. She saw him on the bed. Yeah, yeah. I did. I did. It were a bit far back, but we saw him. It was good. <laughs> What's your thoughts on singularity? It's very sexy. I didn't really read much into lyrics, but the vibe fits. Yeah, I think it does. I think he probably was quite happy to sing the song. He did stop by when Arm did his V Live and he was like, thanks for writing my song. So yeah. (laughs) So yeah, are we happy with Singularity? Happy. Great intro. Nailed it too. Okay, next one. It's a fake love. Tasha, take it away. So fake love was... Written by P-Dog, Hitman Bang, RM, and produced by P-Dog. The other rappers didn't contribute to Fake Love. Nope. Interesting. Yeah. RM in his V-Live said it was the most difficult song that they've had to write. He wrote the Love You So Bad part, and when they initially made the song, it was, like, really depressing and dark. And, of course, it didn't really fit with the vocalists. They had to pitch it up 
like I think it was something like six pitches higher, and then he he was scared that the rap part that he wrote for it won't fit. He says that pitch affects how the rap fits to the song, and that's why he shared it with Jungkook. Yeah, and Jackie comes in and does the just for you, but that's because of the pitch. First lyric I've got is, "I wish love was perfect as love itself." The line reflects on how most people have this like big, grand idea of how perfect is supposed to be and romantic and dreamy and flawless, but it simply just isn't how you expect it and how you see it in films. But then when you're in it, it's kind of something different and you kind of leaves you to be unrealistic thoughts about like why is it not perfect why is it not the way that it should be and stuff like that when really it's never ever going to be like that mm-hmm. I think before that you've missed the sort of opening lines which are for you I could pretend like I was happy when I was sad for you I could pretend like I was strong when I was hurt which is just yeah I think those lines set up that next the whole line. album yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is they're just they're glorious yeah they really are and that's... I think they reflect idol I think they reflect the mask I think they reflect mm. how you enter relationships and then lead into that line yeah I wish love were perfect as love itself I wish all my weakness could be hidden that drives into that those unrealistic expectations right uh-huh. because if you always pretended you were happy when you were sad or you always pretended you were strong when you were hurt mm-hmm and you expect love and life to be this big grand idea, then you're obviously never going to yeah. be happy. And you're always going to have the person that loves you think that you're someone that you're not because you're not showing them when you're sad and when you're hurt, and that's sort of how they properly would get to know you. So, But you are right about the love concept. The whole opening paragraph, really. That for you, I could pretend that I was happy when I was sad. For you, I could pretend that I was strong when I was hurt. I wish love was perfect as love itself. I wish all my weaknesses could be hidden. I grew a flower that can't be bloomed in a dream that can't come true. You're trying to cultivate this perfect relationship, but the flower can't bloom and the dream that you had of the perfect relationship can't be a reality ultimately. And it's the realization of that. I've definitely been guilty of that in the past of the sort of Taylor Swift love story type Mm. of relationship where you're like oh great I had all these issues and my dad didn't like you and then all of a sudden I got this like lovely white dress and then everything was fine (laughs) and I was never lonely again I don't think that's that's true true. no yeah but I definitely had that as a teenager for sure love as a concept is so beautiful but then actually having love and being in love it's hard hard, like even in the concept of friends never mind with another partner like because you have to take the ups and the downs good with the bad Mm -hmm. and that realization does come a lot like we've talked about before like the Mm -hmm. rom-com type love that you get sold in movies the lives that you get sold online and then all of a sudden you're like oh this is not true yeah it's not (laughs) we're never getting over it I also think that's what's interesting about the the way that they've explored this relationship though because if you have all those sort of shows and rom-coms and whatever where they're like oh I had all these problems and my life was like a bit of a shambles and then I found this great guy and great great now we're married forever life complete (laughs) life complete exactly yeah so it's something I've not seen so much of where they're like oh great I was so happy but also actually there's this dark side Mm. it's definitely an original take I grew a flower that can't be bloomed in a dream that can't come true yeah you put the effort in to grow the relationship and to invest in that person, but you can't. The dream is the dream in its own right. The dream that you had of what love would be 
I can't come true. I've just gone through quite a big breakup. So maybe yeah. Fate Club's hitting a little bit different where I'm like, oh, it was a flower that can't be bloomed in a dream that'll never come true. Why yeah. did I ever even believe in love? Yeah, I don't think that's the message though. It's not saying don't believe in love. It's saying don't believe that some perfect partner that you're going to do anything you can and change yourself to be with mm -hmm. is going to solve all your problems because that's not, that's it not what it is. And it's not worth changing or feeling like be if you're in a situation where you feel like you need to change yourself, then you're not truly in a loving relationship with that partner because that mm -hmm. partner doesn't know you. Hence, it's fake love. Yeah. I'm so sick of this fake love. The hook. That's what comes next, the hook. Fake love! Fake, fake love. love! Yeah. We that, that went bit. to a... <laughs> really annoyingly, we went to a BTS brunch where the guy, he kept turning the speaker down oh, yeah. so that we could like chant along. But for fake love, he didn't do it at the right time. He did and it we like when they say fake love. He did it not when the... you say fake love. Yeah. I was just like, oh, oh just don't so come dumb. here yeah. and DJ if you don't know, know don't, where just... the fake love fan fan goes. You need goes. to do it where we fond. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so dumb. But it's brilliant call and response for fans. Yes. And then the next bit is also a call and response, isn't it? Where that's mm, where RM and talks to... that's the... So RM sort of opens it with, I want to be a good man. Just for, just for you. you, I give the world. Just for you. I changed everything. Just for you. But I don't know me. Who are you? Oh. <laughs> yeah. I think it obviously brings up the concept of sort of changing yourself so much that you don't know yourself, right? Even if you're like, right, well, now I want to act like my true self. You're like, I don't, I don't, I I don't know who that is. And if I am like that, will they still love me? Yeah. No, that's obviously what's made you look, act differently in the first place, I think. And then Hobie says the forest just for us you weren't there the route i took i forgot Ugh. i even became quite unsure of who i was try babbling into the mirror who the hell are you and they do that mirror they do the dance. Shaky mirror yeah. dance. <laughs> which is really cool it's beautiful isn't it even after you've questioned the traits of you that you've changed for the relationship you're then realizing that the way that we got here i don't you, even know you can't like unwind it JK does the love you so bad, love you so bad, mold a pretty little life for you. And B does love you so mad, love it so mad, try to erase myself and make me your doll. The doll's the idol reference, right? That's where the doll's coming full idol. But also, I think if you if you see it as a, like a romantic love song, you can, if you take it in the context of after her, where they're like, oh, I get dressed up and put on this makeup and these clothes mm. to like be the man that loves you, like you could be their doll. And I, I don't know if, I struggle a bit with this in the whole concept of the album. Like in a few of the songs, they kind of appear to be quite angry. Mm. But if you've hidden yourself from someone else, is that their fault? No, no, it's not their fault that you're no, stuck in this relationship. Really. That's your yeah. fault. Like I've not shown you my mm. true self. And if you think like, oh, this person that I love, I definitely isn't going to love the real me. Then obviously that's sad. But then you've not given them the chance, right? And also, it's not their fault. Like, it's no, not it's their not fault their fault that they love this thing that you've created and presented to yeah, them. It's yeah, not yeah, like exactly. you've been like, do you want this person who's the real me or this person who's a different version of me who pretends that they're happy all the time? And that person's gone, oh, I want the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the happy version. Yeah, or like if you see it as like the clothes, if someone's like, oh, I want a boyfriend that dresses really, like simplify it. Like mm. I want a boyfriend that can dress really like nicely, right? Mm. And if you don't feel like that's you, but you're dressing nicely nonetheless, and you're like, oh, if I don't dress as nicely, then they're not going to love me. Mm. Then you might be like, well, that person's quite vain. And that's why I'm like annoyed with you because you can't love in me for the like depth that is me. But then at the same time, that's not something that they've done wrong. No. It's just that they are a person that's quite vain. Quite and maybe you shouldn't be with them in, in the beginning. <laughs> to begin with. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, Aram does another little verse, doesn't he? Where he goes. Aram and Shugs. 
why you sad? I don't know. I don't know. Sorry. Where he goes, I don't know, Namala, which means I don't know. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's like suck suck. And then it says, smile, say I love you, look at me. I even gave up on myself. Even you can't understand me. And then you've got shrugs. Yeah. You say I'm unfamiliar, changed into the one you used to like. You say I'm not myself, which you knew well. No, what do you mean? No, I'm blind. Love, what the heck is love? It's all fake love. That's where it come, he goes into the like, oh, you say I'm unfamiliar. I, I think maybe they've sort of started acting in a different way where they're not sort of pretending that they're happy when they're sad. Oh, and so they're sort of letting like, the mask drop and yeah. trying to be more normal and they're like, why aren't you like your old self? Yeah. Again, I kind of come back to it's not their fault that mm. you're different because you were making yourself out to be something that you were not. And mm. then now that you're not doing that anymore, that you are different. Yes. I don't know. I think I guess it's frustrating that they can't understand. And then they're sort of frustrated and angry with the idea of love and itself. Right. By the end of his verse, he's like, love, what the heck is love? It's all fake love. Like, I'm done with this concept, kind of like what you were saying at the start, where you're like, why do we even bother with this love? Because it can't yeah. be can't be what can't be what we want it to be mm. yeah all love comes with its limitations yeah. all love as expressed will never be as beautiful as the concept of love and can you ever really reveal your true self, true self to someone i think that's a discussion for another day <laughs> um right and then the next bit is jimin and jen's bit where they go like oh i don't know i don't know i don't know why oh even i even i don't know myself Ooh, I just know, I just know, I just know why. Because it's all fake love, fake love, fake love. I think they're saying, I don't know why I'm all of a sudden feeling like this. I don't know why. At the start, I was happy to pretend I'm this for you. And then now, now I'm having all these big feelings and doubts and mm. frustrations and problems because of it. I'm not sure why I'm all of a sudden feeling this way. Mm. But still, I know sort of why I'm feeling it. And it's because I've been living a lie. It's because it's fake love. Then they do the chorus section again and then it ends in the for you I could pretend that I was happy even when I was sad it's mm. when you get the vim in harmony they do it together at the end and I'm like oh my god mm. they should always sing in harmony and I'm sorry but I was thinking this when I was reading the lyrics I'm like and then in the middle they do an app review just yeah really yeah <laughs> <laughs> to just wipe away every yeah it's like oh we're so sentiment we're so sad but here's my abs no but like if you want to spread the message far and wide yeah how do you make sure it reaches as many people People as possible people will watch it exactly you have to put a jkr reveal in the middle it's about the spreading of the message yeah not about (laughs) the sacrifices that you have to make exactly yeah okay it's actually really a symbolic gesture Mm. yeah about revealing your true self (laughs) exactly yeah yeah (laughs) and about like the I could pretend I'm this like pin-up idol, but actually I have all these deep feelings that you would see if you went beyond the abs. The abs is my surface. I can't see anything beyond the abs now. The abs are... (laughs) I'd pretend I was happy when I was sad for those abs. If you look sort of beyond the the guy with the abs at the sort of angsty rapper guy in the back, then you see it. Yeah, you see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, The one that wrote it. Yeah. Weird. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. What do you do? You have any additional thoughts on fake love, Tash? Do you like it? No. <laughs> what? <laughs> Did you not know? Why, why did you not know? know? Oh my Jesus! I, I just, just everyone likes it, and it's got the approval. Yeah, that's on what if anyone accepts. Yeah. So, well, yeah. to be clear, if fake love didn't have the MV and the approval performance, you wouldn't be a fan. It'd be a goner. 
<gasps> oh my, oh my god, wow. <laughs> tough, tough. I literally was just gonna say I think it's one of the strongest lead tracks that they have. I would but, completely agree. Yeah. I just, oh, that's weird. Why do you not like it? It's the because I remember it. Yeah. <laughs> no, because you wrote like pretty much every song on this album. And there's songs on this album that I like. It's a bit too dark and sad for me. Lyrics are alright, but I feel like Maybe it's just to show emphasis, but it's kind of like repeated throughout like the whole songs to be like, look at this, I'm an idol, I've got shit happening behind the scenes, like stuff like that. I always try to think if I were Korean and I like understood the lyrics, would I still like some of the songs? Like this seems to just drag on about this like one issue that they've got. I would scream this at the top of my voice yeah, if it was same. in English. But I think it sort of lends something to the art if all of your songs are like, yeah, great. DNA. Then, yeah, DNA or the Destiny brought us together. Isn't it lovely? Then it wouldn't be as special. Not, no. It's not, it's not as uh, talented. No, you wouldn't be as talented. Yeah, exactly. It is if, repetitive. If, if I was a Korean speaker, maybe I'd find the ab reveal a bit jarring. I guess because we always enter via the mv and the performance and then to the lyrics yeah exactly yeah it's fine like it doesn't fit no but i'm not gonna throw the ab reveal out no no, like that's brought me more joy than this lyric through but i feel closer to being you know a true understander now Mm -hmm. and i would agree that it's jarring yeah i should probably go somewhere else maybe in ampaman yeah maybe it goes there would be great in there and airplane part two good girl Loads of options. Go, go anywhere. Um, <laughs> the one about the planet. You can have one. <laughs> See it on that. One in every song. I think we should. Actually, do you know what I was if thinking If it's about? in every song, then it's not jarring anymore. You could create the paradox, right, by putting the ab reveal in there. Yeah. You're just feeding into the That's concept true. of fake love because you're pulling so many fans into the first trap. They the visual, the first yeah. trap. And then we fell into it. And then they were like, told you they just looked up to the looks. Yeah. But we don't, we love you for the How art. many fans could tell you how what fake love's really about? Not many. Not that many. No, you I'm guys, though. <laughs> you, avid listeners. <laughs> you. If there's a quiz, you know, we are If in. you meet RM, you're going to be like, I hear you. I, I see what you did. Didn't even see the abs. Reveal. Yeah. <laughs> so did. The ab reveal really taught me about, about how to better love. appreciate the art. Exactly. MV? MV. MV. Yes. So I've got a lot to say about the MV. Oh, because it's a universe This MV. is a universe MV. Yeah. So first we'll talk about teacher one which is the first time we're introduced to the Magic Shop. So the teaser mm. trailer obviously came out before the album. Album has the song Magic Shop. But the teaser opens with a screen that says, Magic Shop is a psychodramatic technique that exchanges fear for a positive attitude. I obviously had a bit of a look into Magic Shop. Mm-hmm. It's true that it's a real psychotherapeutic technique. It's commonly used in psychodrama, which essentially means that you role play with your therapist as part of your treatment. Mm-hmm. I read this really scholarly article about how this would work in practice. And essentially, as a patient, you would come with something that you want to buy yourself. You might want to buy something that would help you be more confident, for example. And then you barter with the therapist as you explore why you've asked for what you've asked for and what a fair price would be. Mm. And through this conversation, you sort of uncover your true feelings and how you would want to change how you act and what traits you're sort of willing to to part with or aspire to mm. gain through that process wow they had a an example of a guy that came in asking for like a control device 
well no actually it was an anti-control device he said he wanted to like be able to let go more so in situations because he felt like he was like over controlling how he was acting in situations and that made people not like him when his ultimate goal was actually getting them to like him Mm. and then the therapist was like but like right so it's important for you that people like you and when you go into a room who is it important for you to get to like you and he was like well I'd want you to like me for example and he's like okay well, how do, how would you do that and he said well I'd probably try and create a situation where you sort of needed something from me I don't think you could like me unless you needed me for something Jesus it was an interesting read it was it's not long it's like maybe like seven pages so in the teaser the BTS members are seen either trading something that represents past trauma or receiving something that they feel they sort of need mostly the things that they receive are linked to these girls from the highlight reel and the story that they each have with these girls so Jin has the earpiece that he trades in. That's the one that he was made to wear by the principal when he has to reveal that the boys hideout place is in the school mm-hmm. and then Yoongi gets expelled. And we don't see what he receives. Ever? No. But obviously there are loads of theories around what he might have received. Mm-hmm. So J-Ho passed the Snickers bar. It's an obvious reference to when his mom left him at the fairground with his Snickers bar. And then he receives the cake that his friend gives him in the highlight reel. So Jimin trades in the picture of the forest representing the flower arboretum where he experienced the childhood trauma where he saw the sort of little kid being tortured and Mm. tied up and he receives the umbrella that he uses when he follows hobby and this girl he crashes into when they'd have the dance practice to the hospital but eventually he obviously doesn't go into the hospital so it doesn't really lead to anything good for him which Mm. is a bit confusing rm trades in the mirror fragment with the we must survive written on it Mm -hmm. and he receives that hair tie that he tries to give to the girl Uh but he never manages to he sort of just leaves it on her backpack sugar we don't see what he trades in but he receives a lollipop which he has when he's with the girl the one that she gives him to stop smoking Mm -hmm. and v we don't see what he trades in but he receives the backpack that he catches the girl trying to steal the essential supplies from the the store in and then Mm -hmm. he ends up paying for the stuff in her backpack JK, we don't see what he trades in. And he's also sort of thrown into the room, which is a bit, all the others sort of walk in, but mm-hmm. he gets sort of pushed in. He receives a key and the key is to a room with these six coat stands and this hooded figure with a mask. Apparently dreaming of coat hangers represents fe- a feeling of confidence in terms of being able to change yourself. Oh. Yeah. And then the second teaser, they kind of just look moody. And then we get the love you so bad, love you so bad. In the back. Hook. In the MV, we're going to talk about the extended version because more happens in it. The members are all in different rooms that link to their fears and sort of past trauma and unhappiness. So Jin's in an empty room with the Smeralda flower. Mm. We're going to talk about the Smeralda flower more when we get to Truth Untold. But Yes, um, we are. We are. There's a theory that the what he received from the magic shop was the Smeralda flower. And then he gives it to the girl in the highlight reel. He obviously tries to protect it in the music video, but fails. And it turns into the sand at the bottom of this glass lamp thing. And the flower could represent him not being able to save this girl from the car crash, despite trying this several times through his time travel skills. So J-Hope's room is initially filled with just broken fairground items, like parts of carousels Mm. that he's seen sort of fighting to keep the door shut. And then he fails and a Snickers bar sort of comes through the the keyhole. And later Stop he's seen sort of falling Snickers. onto a floor covered in Snickers bars. And Jim's room looks like a dance studio, which is where he collided with J-Hope's friend. He was reminded of his childhood trauma 
buy that collision and a shame that he didn't do anything for the girl. He just sort of panicked and washed the blood off himself, didn't tend to her at all. And it later is filled with water, sort of recalling when he tried to drown himself in the bathtub at the hospital. Mm-hmm. And Juni, he grew up poor and we see him in the container. That was his home. It's got handles on one side representing the bus where he meets the girl from the highlight reel. He looks in the mirror and sees a different version of himself, which obviously aligns with the lyrics. Mm. Sugar's room looks like the ruins of a room that perhaps has been burnt down. There's a fireplace that's been covered. He sat at a piano with a guitar next to him. The guitar belonged to the girl from the highlight reel. And he is seen sort of forcefully getting up and throwing the guitar at the piano. Mm. There's a theory that what he traded in was a burnt key from the piano that he used to play with his mom before she died in the fire. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, and we also know he lost the guitar girl because he pushed her away after learning about JK's car accident because he thought everyone who he got close to ended up getting hurt. Mm. So that's why he sort of ended it with guitar girl. V's in a hallway. It's covered in cell phones. Mm. That links to the time where he couldn't reach Namjoon after he killed his dad. Oh. He holds a phone in his hand, but he looks at it and it turns into sand as in he, he can't make any calls. In the background, there's his sort of signature, save me, I'm fine, mm. which is what he does with the girl. He goes and sort of spray paints that on buildings. JK is seen observing the other boys from another dark room, and it seems like they know he's there because a few times they sort of look directly towards him. He's also seen running through the hallway as the floor falls from underneath him as if he's desperately trying to sort of reach something before it's too late. And there's a theory that in the magic shop, he traded in his own happiness and that the key was sort of to his brother's happiness. And obviously that checks out with both his wing solo, where he talks about how he suffers the most when his brothers are in pain. And with the theory that he's taken on the role of the child from the short story, the ones who walk away from Amelis, that story is by Ursula K. Le Guin. And it's a story about a utopian society where in order for everyone else to be happy, one child must perpetually suffer. In Spring Day, it's referenced a lot in Spring Day. They stand in front of a building that says Amelis on it. So it's very clear there. Obviously, they do the whole, they're in the rooms, they sing the song, they do the dancing and stuff. And then Jimin turns the tap in his room off, which sort of leads to a change. And then we see JK walk into a room with this huge waterfall type Mm. structure in front. And JK picks up some sand and then sort of seeps through his fingers. But something sort of looking like gray butterflies fly up from his hand. And I'm not sure, but my best guess is that this refers to the passing of time and the butterfly effect in the in the universe story but the stone hallway sort of comes up from under the waterfall Mm -hmm. and then we see jimin's room being filled with water and sugar's being filled with fire j-hope disappears into the sea of the snickers bars all the phones in taste room flash so that's like he turns off the sink he goes into the room and then all of a sudden all of everyone else basically yeah everyone else starting to feel the ramifications of the turning off of the tap yeah and the boys just stay in the rooms while this is going on. So Sugar even sort of looks at the fire and sort of smiles. I think they're sort of trying to get at them sort of facing their fears. Mm, like acceptance. Yeah. yeah. JK finds a keyhole at the end of this hallway. He unlocks it with the key that he received in the magic shop. And he comes into the room with the six coat stands and the hooded figure. And next he's seen wearing the hooded robes and walking towards six other figures in robes. And we see that they're all masked. And then JK also puts on his mask. And then this big stone drops on them. Oh, and then they get crushed. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Super Shit. Yeah. You're like, oh. I'm always like, 
is it in front of them or is it on them but yeah it's yeah, very strange it's the ending is the ending's quite jarring it's scary it's a little jarring mm. like the whole rest of the music video is really pretty and like yeah. eerie and nasty and weird and then all of a sudden this stone comes in and you're like right okay <laughs> i read a lot of theories on the media and this relation to the storyline some were sort of down to who looks at whom what color shirts oh, they were Jesus wearing Christ. what the color of the shirts symbolize and all that sort of stuff but without getting too bugged down in all of that i think the main thing is that the boys sort of all receive something from the magic shop the items that sort of they think will make them happy but in the end that happiness is only short term because it's fake love Mm -hmm. so they lose the girls because they can't reveal their true selves and jk who supposedly trades in his own happiness ends up receiving the key to all of their sustained happiness which is the journey towards sort of unmasking and truly loving themselves which appears to be sort of symbolized by the masks referring to them masking their true selves and their scars and etc I'm not sure if them wearing the masks might mean that they haven't realized this yet. And this actually comes later in answer. Mm, But I guess realizing... the masks on. Yeah. But realizing that you're wearing a mask is, I guess, part of it. Theoretically, you could spend the time doing the work to face your trauma. Mm -hmm. And then because of how you feel about the realities of those traumas that you face, then put the mask on to protect you from future traumas. So even though you've processed it, you're still at the stage where you're like, I've accepted this trauma as part of me. I'm not hiding from it, mm. but I'm not going to let it. But are you then still doing the fake love? You are still doing the fake love because you yeah. put the mask on. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, maybe that's where they are in the journey then. Maybe that's where they are, yeah. yeah. I like the fake love envy. It's yeah. complex. There's it a lot happening. There's a lot to read into it. Yeah. There's lots of theories. Yeah. There's some JK running. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. We had to I'm say the fan. bit about how he ran too fast for the Yeah, how he ran too fast for the mechanism. Yeah, in the behind the scenes. The yeah. floor is obviously meant to fall sort of right after he's run past it, but he was running too fast. They were like, you need to look like you're in more danger. Yeah. And we have to talk about outfits, obviously. I wrote that my highlights include Jimin's orange, orange highlights. They're really cool. And then Tay's white harness. Thing oh that he wears yeah, the white, ha- the white harness has haunted my dreams. Yeah, <laughs> I think also <laughs> he's the only one who's ever rocked the mullet, in my opinion. Well, yeah, I well, I think the mullet looks bad on pretty much everyone. I'm sorry, but I know there's a lot of people that enjoy the K-pop mullets. I'm not one of them, but Ante, it's fine. Mm. I love, 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 love Yungi's sequin denim jacket. I want it. Mm. Hobie's got the shirt with the white on the centre. Yeah, the choreo. Mm-hmm. that's nice. Yeah. Aram's got the Wolverine hair. Yeah, and yeah. He, this is the era of Jungi's hair where he's got the half crimped, half mm. curled, which is a not, bit not unfortunate. A good, yeah. It's yeah, a good not, representation not... of him needing to do stuff that he probably didn't want to do to yeah. appear as an idol. <laughs> it's a fake love. Yeah, he's got a fake love of this outfit. Yeah, yeah. JK looks the best throughout the OMB in his main outfit. He's so fluffy. Yeah. And he's got the little striped shirt. Jin's got his oversized black jumper with the sheer panels. I like that. In the second choreo shot, they look like they're almost wearing the DNA outfits. The very oversaturated ones. They're yeah. like tie-dye. Yeah. In that one, I really like Jimin's jacket. Yeah. The I think Jimin looks great in the whole thing. He does. Shockingly. Standard. I know. <laughs> Do you have any thoughts on best looks? Looks. Do you like the MV? No. You don't like the MV? <laughs> no, I don't like the MV. I'm not a fan of outfits. I think they're just... JK and animal print, oh, don't like that. Jimin's hair, the highlights. I just really, I didn't think it looked nice. Uh, and then a lot of other like K-pop idols, I've like started to do like 
highlights like that where it's just like random front bits of the hair and stuff like that and it just oh I didn't like it at all just do you not just not like animal print on them or do you like not like it in general in general it reminds me like a chav all like that just like oh. yeah it's easy to make animal print look tacky but yeah, it looks... they don't I... do that here though i am really over here about your how you feel about fake love the production value on fake love is so high yeah and it is such a banger and i she's gonna skip fake love. Fuck. spoiler we're not there yet <laughs> but i'm my belly is churning at the concept of how angry i'm gonna be when you skip oh fake my love. Gosh, yeah that's not gonna go down well to maybe she won't stay, maybe she hates stay tuned, guys stay maybe tuned. she just hates this whole album Right, I think we need to move to performances because it's time. been 10 days. Yeah. Dance prac. Best dance prac in the world. The first note I put was, this is a very important notice that Aram's wearing shorts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just to open up, there is a second dance prac for everyone that's listened to the Map of the Soul Persona episode. Yeah. And second brand seen new And the never before brand new out dance prac of Aram in shorts for Boy With Love, <laughs> yeah. which is a highlight of my life. We came to the fake love one later. Mm-hmm. And we were just watching it what dance the prac sometime. Shorts, you were like, let's watch some dance prac. And then I was like, Aram's in shorts. And you were like, is he? And I yeah. was like, yes, he is. And they <laughs> are shorter and tighter. Yeah. Um, they're less like wavy. And the frustrating thing is if you're going to watch this dance prac as an Aram bias, there is a lot of time where Jimin's stood in front of him. And I've got a lot of love and a lot of time for Jimin. Jimin looks great. And we should talk about Jimin's when they all go to their knees and Jimin does a freaking split. Yeah, I put dancers next. For but Jimin is in the way of Aram's fine yeah. a lot. And I've never wanted to hurt Jimin <laughs> as much. <laughs> no, what, no I just want him out of the way. All the time I'm like, move. I think, yeah, we should talk about the dance quickly. And Jimin's bit. doing the dance prep in fucking the tightest jeans. Oh, yeah, he is. Like, yeah. I don't know how that boy manages to move his body so well I also think so the bit tight. where he does the like chorus he sort of throws his arms forward and is all tortured and but that section I'm just mesmerized by him he's he, mesmerizing for real like um, he doesn't get the ab reveal moment but boy does he make the most of the rest and the bit where they do their <laughs> sorry I just hit your mic as well yeah, the bit did. where they all hit each other <laughs> when I the... grabs Jake's shirt yeah the Yugi's rap yeah, yeah. Yugi's rapping and everyone else doing a little choreographed fight yeah. and the See no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. Yes, that is Glorious. what I've written as well. Yes. Yeah, good. Any thoughts on choreo? Uh, it's not special, to be honest. <laughs> okay. The ab reveal is like, it's okay, but I feel like the one where he's like, Aaron pulls his shirt off and he's a bit like self-conscious about it. I don't want to force him to do what he don't want to do. So if you don't want to show me his abs, you don't have to. Oh. By now, that's we've, fair. We've been to PTD. LA. I think he's okay now. He's okay. He's okay now. There's yeah. the whole I want to focus on JK's abs, and then he just starts flashing them unnecessarily. Yeah. And when when his jacket ripped, and then the V Live after someone commented like, "Oh, we quite enjoyed it," and he was like, "Oh, you enjoyed it? Did you? Did you?" Right. He was. Okay. He's fine with it by now. Is, Maybe yeah. back then he was a bit younger. Well, that was the next performance I was going to talk about, to be honest. So we can go into that quickly. It's on Ikigayo. JK is wearing this button-up shirt. During Yungi's rap, RM ends up sort of grabbing JK's shirt, which is meant to do as part of the choreo, but yep. he grabs it too forcefully. And pulls uh, the buttons off. Yeah. And then you get a deep V. There's a clip after where RM sort of apologizes for breaking JK's shirt. But he's not that sorry, to be honest, because he's like, oh, I helped you create a legendary moment. Mm. And JK's like, no, no, it's too sexual. V's earring in the Inkigayo performance, I have the same one. <laughs> These whole outfits pretty weird. He's got that weird, like, vest thing mm. 
yeah the next one I had down is 2018 Mama mm. in Japan where there's this long intro where the boys appear they look like they're sort of barefaced no makeup and then the sort of lights appear as masks sort of mm. over their faces cool. yeah, it's quite cool this yeah. is when we regretted never having been around for an award season mm-hmm. It opens with Tay on top of the sort of massive cluster of the cloaked figures. And he does this solo that we called Tay's dance line moment. They're all like in the black cloak and you don't know who's where. And yeah. You don't know when you're going to see one of them. And you see a flash of one, then a flash of another. And then mm-hmm. all of the backing dancers are like creating this intense, angsty yeah. scene. Japan yeah. got a good mama that year. They did. Sugar wears a waist harness. That's nice. Yeah. I wrote that Jin has a gym and shoulder moment with quite a low cut top. And Tay has a cool leather half glove thing. That's sort of a glove, but Mm. it's only on his fingers. A few fingers. Yeah. And then there's this cool dance break, but he doesn't do the short lift. So that drags it down, obviously. And then the VCR shows them in the masks again. And then it says, take off the mask and face yourself. And then the masks disappear. And then they do Ampman Man in these like space jackets. So yeah, check that out. What did you think of the Japan performance? It wasn't one of my favourites, but I thought that one of you might have actually said, because if you read them in the document, it's like teaser MV, extended, dance prac RM, JK, perfectly ripped shirt, and then mm-hmm. T, and then JK, then JK, then JK. I thought you're going to call me out and be like, you can't be doing this because it's your bias. Fake Love love belongs to JK. It does. All right. The next one we've linked is the Music Core comeback stage. Mm, Where where RM's in an harness. Yeah, RM and JK. RM's one's only a little harness, though. But there's no shirt lift. Well, yeah, you can't lift his shirt because he's in the harness. True. He's strapped in. At least you know, though. You're you're not not getting that Your expectations are being managed. The next one makes up for all the non-shirt lifts we never got because it's PTD Soul Day 3, a.k.a. The Day... JK's jacket died. Yeah. Yeah. The last day we ever saw about. um, Yeah, because he changed it for Vegas. In Seoul. It breaks twice. Once, and then he fixes it, and then it breaks again, and he's just laughing. So that's when I was like. And the second break is like not with just one button it's like two and a half but yeah like, there's literally there's only and the he chain. does the ab reveal even though the abs are already there like he picks up the little bit of the belt even though it's only the, there's no buttons out. left it's just the chain sort of holding the jacket together and he still picks it up and does the ab reveal but uh, yeah. shout out to jimmy in this with the chains under the blazer yeah true jimmy has got a blazer um with only one button and no shirt no yeah. i've yeah. seen a jimmy focus it's of- also this performance and you see a lot of Jimin's abs and Jimin's back yeah you just never notice it because of JK because Jungkook's in the way so Jimin gets his own after he gets in the way of RM for the whole dance track yeah this is how it feels Jimin okay (laughs) (laughs) and these PTD performances that's when as they walk off they whip off the jacket yeah and you get a lot of fun fan camps of that yeah Yeah, you can tell we were around. This is for a particularly interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we Fashions. also linked um, every JK shirtlift. Oh, yeah, we did. So, we did. Just like mm-hmm. it's there, we linked it for you. We found you it. So, yeah, enjoy. That was it for the Fake Club performances. Fake love. I'm sure we'll, um, we'll get back to it in the awards section, even if it's a skip for some skip. people. But yeah, that's it for Fake Club for now. Right. Leon, tell us all about Truth Untold. Yes. So I picked up Truth Untold. So actually, I know you really liked Truth Untold, but then when I heard it, I was like, I need that. I want Truth Untold in my life. Um, It's one of my favourites of 
the vocal line songs. I think it's just such a beautiful vocal. And it's sort of inspired by an Italian tale called La Citi di... La Citta di Smeraldo. Smeraldo. Smeraldo, which actually in Italian means emerald. So the Emerald City is what it's called. But it's a like folk story from the 15th, 16th century. And it's ultimately a song about a man who traps himself in a castle because he's so ugly and doesn't want to share himself with the world. And then he starts to find joy by planting flowers in his garden. And then one night a lady comes and starts stealing flowers from his garden. Mm -hmm. And initially he's pretty mad. Yeah, Yeah, he's annoyed, doesn't want her stealing his flowers. But over time he sort of starts sneaking down and watching her. And because he starts to fall in love with her, he follows her into the city and then realises that she's stealing the flowers because she is poor and she's selling the flowers. He then falls even more in love with her, but he never actually reveals himself. And then the story sort of ends. So that's the whole basis. No, No, go on. No, so what happens is after he realises that she's stealing the flowers to sell... He sort of comes up with the idea to um, make a brand new flower that doesn't exist everywhere, anywhere else. And then after a long period of sort of trial and error, he comes up with the Smeralda flower and he plants the Smeralda flower all over his garden. But then she never turns up to pick the flower. And then later he finds out that she's dead. So he never was able to give her this gift of his The gift of the flower or the love. So yeah, it's sad. So before we get into the lyrics, it is... Written by Steve Aoki, RM Slow Rabbit, and it's produced by Steve Aoki. Yeah, there's um, some other American writers on there as well, but yeah. So it really focuses around this story of the guy and the Smeralda flower, and you sort of see that track verse by verse. So it starts with full of loneliness, this garden bloomed, full of fawns, I bind myself in this sandcastle. That's what it by. JK, what is your name? Do you have a place to go? Or could you tell me I saw you hiding in this garden? Then you've got Jin that comes in and he says, and I know all of your warmth is real, the blue flower your hand was picking, I want to hold it. But then Jimmy comes in, it's my fate, don't smile at me. You know that I can't show you me, give you me, I can't show you a ruined part of myself. Once again, I put on a mask and go see you, but I still want you. And I think like the verses really chart the story, but Mm -hmm. the chorus really brings it back to the concept right yeah well the guy in the story actually did put on a mask when he followed the girl he does put on a mask but yeah and obviously it perfectly sort of links to what we've discussed that's the overall topic of love yourself here yeah and you yeah. can see probably why junior is drawn to it right exactly From there it represents a lot of the things that they were thinking and the sort of sharing the ruined parts of yourself and what that would mean and the risks that you're going to take so then on to verse three, which is Jane, which is bloomed in a garden of loneliness, a flower that resembles you. I wanted to give it to you after I take off this foolish mask. So as you said, in planting the flower to give her it. But then it gets a bit darker where he's like, I can't do this forever. But I don't want to keep hiding mm-hmm. in the next chorus. I'm afraid I'm shattered. I'm so afraid. There's a really beautiful vocal from mm-hmm. V in English about how afraid he is. Yeah. Followed by that you will leave me again in the end. Once again, I put on a mask and I go to see you. The only thing I can do in the garden is to bloom a pretty flower that resembles you and to breathe as the me that you know, but I still want you. And then it finishes with Jin talking about the representation of the courage to stand before you. Mm -hmm. And if he reveals himself, would everything be different? Yeah. 
and then that comes into the German JK bridge, which is the I'm crying, that's disappeared, that's fallen, left alone in the sandcastle looking at this broken mask, and I still want you yeah. over and over. So by then you've got the girls died. Mm. And, and you you've never... lost the opportunity to reveal yourself. Exactly. I think the story in itself is seen as a lesson about loving yourself for who you are because the man obviously didn't and therefore was unable to help her. Mm. So... And who knows if she would have liked him or not. Exactly. Like in Beauty and the Beast. What mm. did Aram say about it in his V Live? He said, it's he an absolute banger. Said... I love it. It's his favourite section of the album, he said. The section that flows best, to your point, is From Truth Untold down to Magic Shop. Mm. And he said it was really difficult to write the lyrics, but the simplicity of the beat and melody allows the vocalist performances to shine as mm. if they're instruments, he said. He talked a lot about how the vocal line had been proved, and despite them complaining the song was quite hard to sing, he thinks that they've peaked in terms of their vocal performance and conveying emotion. Mm. I think the song is quite heartbreaking. I mean, the story is heartbreaking. It sort of touches on the fact that you can change yourself for someone and have issues as a result, but you still want that person. So it doesn't necessarily mean that your love for them is fake. It just means that they love a fake you. Mm. And again, it sort of picks up the theme of the mask, which has existed in the previous two songs. So you Mm -hmm. sort of see those themes of the mask and the flower and the fake myself Mm. running through this whole album so far, at least. There's also links to the universe, I think. So RM, JK and Jimin never sort of build up the courage to speak to the girls in the Mm -hmm. highlight reel. And the smeralda flower, right? That is the flower. Yeah, I was going to talk about the smeralda flowers. So it's insane how they built this up. I don't know if you looked into this, but there was a smeralda flower blog that appeared on Naver in the lead up to the Love Yourself Horror album release. Okay. They didn't post it anywhere, but Jin tweeted a photo of himself with the smeralda flower. And that led fans to finding this smeralda flower blog that had seven posts in it already. (gasps) Yeah. And it said that the Smeralda flower shop in Seoul, obviously the Smeralda flower is a fictional flower, it doesn't Mm. exist. But this blog said that someone essentially had found the Smeralda flower in this hidden city in Italy (sighs) and they had imported it to Korea and the Smeralda flower shop was due to open in September 2017, which is when Love Yourself Her came out. (gasps) Yes. The blog was supposedly created by this florist called Testesso. That's like who the writing credit was Mm -hmm. attributed to, which is Italian for yourself. (gasps) And then it contained seven stories about playing cards and the Smeralda flower, including one referring to how the mythical flower had been found in real life and uploaded to Instagram on BTS's debut date in 2013 by a user called Amare. Italian no. for love. No. So if you put Amare to Stessa together, then nice. you get love yourself. Nice. Um, he also sort of explains in the blog that the meaning of the flower is the truth that couldn't be told. And the Korean title of Truth Untold is sincerity that couldn't be spoken. <laughs> yeah. Oh, heartbroken. And then they added more stories later on. There was one about a young man called Sukjin <gasps> who had placed an order for the Smeralda flowers, which obviously links into the universe. Mm-hmm. They even had a picture of the signature on the order and they had Jin's real signature. No. Yeah. Oh, this is so well done. And then... Our um, detectives would have been like having an absolute field day. day. And then based on the story, you can sort of understand that this florist is the same one that delivers the flowers to Jin in the highlight reel. Mm. And then, well, he forgets to give him the card with the bouquet of Smeralda flowers. Mm. And then Jin calls him to be like, you forgot the card. And then he turns around, hits the girl. (gasps) Yeah. (laughs) 
And then the Smeralda blog closed <gasps> and the posts were deleted and then re-uploaded in 2018 with a new design, obviously okay. hinting at the mm-hmm. changing times of the universe. Some of the stories had changed slightly, including that it now said that the shop was due to open in late August. So when Love Yourself Answer came out. Oh. And then the same thing happened again in 2020 before Dynamite came out. No. They- when the, the flower shop now? is going to open in 2020 yeah <laughs> so i'll include some links to the explainers that i yeah. looked at but uh <laughs> so i good. was amazed by this these boys started big the hit big and hit. Yeah. started this you know hitman bang is a very very smart man yeah and, and they've got some very talented writers on their staff for yeah. sure okay. um, what's your thoughts on truth and told them no i think that was it i'm obviously like the song is nice it's not my favorite vocal line solo, but it's obviously a nice, very well sung song. Mm. And it's nice for that when you want to have that mellow cry it's with fine. the rain outside the window. Yeah. Which is where I'm at at the minute, with, I guess. P- with BTS. Yeah. I like it for that. Aram on the V Live when he said from Truth Untold to Magic Shot, in mm-hmm. my notes, I put at the end of Magic Shot before Airplane Part 2 starts, I need a skip because I've just been on this sonically cohesive journey and now I'm just completely somewhere else. Like, I need a break. Yeah. <laughs> so, me and Judy, same vibes. You Natasha, thoughts on Truth Untold? Love it? Hate it? Probably hate it. No, it's, it's a vocal, vocal line. Yeah, vocal line solo. Love it. Absolutely love it. It's a good sad one, which everyone knows I love. And it's definitely no, but that's like a sad, depressing, angry, like oh. Whereas this is like sad, emotional, like if you don't translate it, you know, it's somewhat sad. So I've probably definitely cried a few times to it. Oh, that's nice. No, I liked it as soon as I heard it. As soon as those first four playthroughs, I was like, this is just. It is beautiful. A gorgeous vocal. But we are, Natasha and I, we are more aligned to vocals. Even well, though, like, obviously, I'm a diehard rap liner. I like vocals, but it's just slightly boring. I don't want to, like, I don't want to say that, but it's just, like, I like plenty of ballads. This is such a shitty but, like, it's nice. I never skip it. Okay, that's good. Oh, and the performances are really cute, aren't they? yeah. So they've only really performed this on the tour. There's one where they wear these like blouse top things with like flowers embroidered into it. And they're really like pretty and cute. All the vocals are beautiful. But Mm. I said JK's harmonies are otherworldly in this one. And then there's the one in Brazil where Jibin cries. It's kind of a dodgy fan cam that we've taken. But it's famous because of Jimin's tears. So his voice wasn't very well that day. That he was very moved because the audience sort of sang his lines mm. for him when he couldn't. So poor baby, poor baby. They look great here. Yeah. I like where they're all like elevated, and you don't know if he is crying for a little while, but then you realise he is because he puts his little hand over his head. Yeah. Oh, and then JK goes to get him. Yeah, and give him a, a little, little cuddle and be like, it's and I think that's also me. the one where he cries a lot at the end. The third one was from Bangkok. That was one that Natasha knew about. So Jin, unfortunately, has like a bit of a voice crack and JK starts laughing at Jin, but to mask him and be professional, he like turns it into like a pretend cry. So he's like, he looks down and then he puts his arm up and he's like pretending that he's crying and then he wipes away a fake tear and then like 
gets himself together and then looks up and then does his part. But really, he's like, he's just laughing at Jin's fuck up. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. Look at um, JK when you watch it, if you watch it. I also wrote that this one is a really good example of Jimin's very good vocal. Mm. So don't let the Brazil tears fool you. He does a brilliant vocal in this one. Overall, truth and told, 10 out of 10. Great song. I do like it. It's just, I think you guys like it more than I like it. Mm. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this installment of the Generation BTS Love Yourself tier series. And please join us next week as we delve into the next set of songs. If you would like to follow us on social media, send us a message or rate the podcast. You can find details on how to do that in the episode description. We've been Generation BTS. Goodbye. <laughs>